Hello, everybody. Welcome uh, once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us today as we continue on in the series that we're doing called Meals with Jesus. And uh, in this series, where we're looking through the Gospel of Luke together. The Gospel of Luke, uh, you know, sort of records for us the idea that Jesus was either um, on his way to a meal, at a meal, or leaving a meal. That these meals, uh, according to Luke, are very central to the mission and ministry of Jesus. And um, uh, we learn a lot, I think, from looking at them. I've, I've said to you over time how important it is for us to see that he will share a meal with anyone from tax collectors who were considered the worst of the worst, all the way through the self-righteous Pharisees, uh, who we understand, you know, what they were like. Uh, and yet, here's Jesus, fully God, fully man, sitting at a table with them. Uh, this was far more than a way to satisfy hunger, really very important culturally and relationally, you know, was the mealtime. And um, here he is basically saying, come and have dinner with me. I want, I want to be in relationship with you. It's a picture of the grace of God and his invitation to be in relationship with him. And so, you know, I've said to you as we go through this thing, before Jesus ever picked up the cross, he picked up a fork and things started changing. And uh, so that's what we've been looking at. Lots of different meals. We're going to move ahead a chapter or two uh, to the next sort of meal that's going to take place. And this is a very interesting meal with a guy named Zacchaeus. Um, most of you have probably heard about Zacchaeus, especially if you grew up in the church. It was always a very popular Sunday school story um, that, that went out there. There were songs that went with it, and, uh, and everybody knows about Zacchaeus. So uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Zacchaeus, maybe in a in a way that you haven't heard Zacchaeus talked about before, but we'll see. So that will be the message. That's the introduction. Transition, I always tell a bad joke or two, and uh, I will try not to disappoint. Did you know that beekeepers have famously attractive eyes? Every single one of them. I, I don't really know the science behind it, but studies show that beauty is in the eye of the bee holder. bad, right? Okay. This one actually we'll look at later because it uh, actually makes an impact on the message, this particular one. So this woman walks up to a pharmacist and uh, she says, hey, do you have anything that will help cure hiccups? And so the pharmacist ducks down under the counter and then after a moment he jumps up yelling loudly, ah! And, and the lady sort of steps backwards and falls over and screams and she, she's like, what in the world? And she gets up and she looks at the pharmacy. She says, what was that all about? And he said, well, at least you don't have the hiccups anymore. And she said, I never had the hiccups. My husband's in the car. He has the hiccups. And the, the thing about that is sometimes we, we jump to the wrong conclusion. And uh, we're going to talk about that because I think we do that with Zacchaeus quite often. And so let's dig into our story with Zacchaeus beginning in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. 
But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So we've been talking over the last few weeks about some things, and one of the things I want to bring up as we start this message again today, point number one, is the search and rescue mission that Jesus is on, and that uh, we are still on in his name as his followers. This is a search and rescue mission, and we just looked at a bunch of parables in Luke 15 that talk about that, that you know, it, that there's something that's been lost, that is searched for, and when it's found, a celebration takes place in heaven, and that this is what Jesus lived out day after day after day after day. It was search and rescue. He was searching for the lost. He was uh, telling them about the kingdom of God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. He invited them into the kingdom, and all those who would received uh, the kingdom and came in with him. And here I see it again, uh, and, and I said to you, isn't it amazing how God is that in those parables, you know, it was one sheep, and it was one coin, and it was one son. Well, he went after the other son too, but, but really it's, you know, it was one sheep out of a hundred. It was one coin out of ten. That it's amazing to me that God is actively involved in searching out one by one by one impacts our mission here. Our mission here is one more. Most of you know that. One more lost child back to dad. But this is the heart of God, how, how he's after one at a time. And now we see it again in the story of Zacchaeus. Verse 5 and 6. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Let, let's uh, let know that in that, he's basically, Jesus is inviting himself to dinner at Zacchaeus' house. That's what he means by the implication, I need to stay at your house. We're going to have dinner together. And Jesus sort of unabashedly invites himself to dinner at Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus is thrilled with the idea of Jesus coming to stay at his house and being apart and sitting at the table with him. This is a big deal to Zacchaeus. And he's excited about it. Now, Zacchaeus is really an interesting person. And, and I think that we can learn a lot by sort of looking into his life. And as I said, you know, in that, in that silly joke I told about the pharmacist that, um, you know, he jumped to the wrong conclusion. And I think that we can do that pretty quickly. Anybody here ever jumped to the wrong conclusion? I, sometimes we can just get way off track um, with our initial thoughts about things and we can end up in a lot of trouble. And, you know, we rush to wrong judgments sometimes, and we're, we're wrong about people, and we're, we're sometimes wrong about how things really are. Now, here comes Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus, the name Zacchaeus, fascinating name. In the Greek, it's the Greek form of the Hebrew name that means innocent or righteous one. Pretty interesting. That's what Zacchaeus means. And, and yet, he's the chief tax collector in Jericho, and he's, he's extremely wealthy, now, what we know about tax collectors is that they worked for the Romans and that they were pr pretty much all, you know, considered to be thieves, and that's how they built their wealth. They overtaxed the, uh, their countrymen to, um, and then would keep part for themselves and give the rest to the Romans. And somehow, here's Zacchaeus, and he's sort of the chief tax collector now in Jericho, and, and so he's hated like all the other tax collectors are. 
particularly by the Pharisees, the established religious community. Like I said, they hate these guys worse than anything. But uh, Jesus always, you know, we see him often having dinners with tax collectors. And, and uh, yet here's Zacchaeus. And, um, and Jesus invites himself to his house. And he says, let's go. And the people are muttering. And it says, all the people. So, um, you know, big group of the established religious community there. Um, because he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. And they're shocked that Jesus is going to do that. And, and so most of us have seen that. And we, we, uh, we have assumed that indeed Zacchaeus was a notorious sinner. He was a bad guy ripping people off. And that's what's happening. Verses 7 and 8 of Luke 19. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, generally, when we look at this story, we read it that way, and we believe what happens is that in this encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus has this radical change, and he says, from now on, I'm, I'm going to give back uh, half of, I'm going to give half of what I owe away. That's what it looks like how it reads, and I'll, if I, you know, anybody that I cheated four times the amount is what's coming back. That's certainly a very reasonable way to look at that verse, and very possibly is what happened, but fascinating thing about our New Testament uh, is that in, in English, so that we can read it, we sometimes have some issues with some of the Greek tenses. Because the, the Greek tense, and I'm not going to give you a whole Greek thing, but the, the tense in Greek, there's a lot of different tenses that we don't have. And so um, it can be different, a little bit different, depending on how the tense is translated. And, and, and so here's a little different take on it from the message paraphrase. It's very legitimate. Luke 19, 6 through 8. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. Grumped, I like that. What business does he have getting cozy, talking about Jesus, with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. It's very possible in looking at this story that Zacchaeus wasn't really all that bad a guy. That um, he wasn't necessarily ripping people off and that um, in fact he was extremely generous. He was like a philanthropist. He gave away half his income and this was something he had been doing so he's shocked at how badly he's being treated by the established religious community and if he's ever you know somehow cheated someone he, he pays them back fourfold. And yet, the established religious community, they want nothing to do with this guy. They, they won't even give him a place in line to see Jesus pass by. They, they really make a barrier between him. This crowd makes a barrier between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And they're, they're, they're basically keeping him from him to the point where he has to climb a tree to, the, to get a glimpse of the Messiah. And so it's extremely possible that Zacchaeus was actually a, a good person generous giver, honest business person, uh, humanitarian. These are all things that are very possible about Zacchaeus. And it's, it's also very possible that there really wasn't anything that he needed to change. He was a good person except one thing, and that was that he needed to meet Jesus. And see, that brings me to point two. Is this good or bad? You still need Jesus. So, you know, the whole thing was, even if... Zacchaeus was a pretty good guy, which he may have been, or even if he was really a bad guy, 
who, uh, you know, changed at meeting Jesus. The, the issue is he needed Jesus either way. It's important in life to get this. See, because sometimes we think, well, you know, we, uh, people who seem to be like really good people um, think, oh, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm a good person. And yet they still need Jesus desperately. So, and I think it's maybe easier for us to see, you know, people that are so broken, uh, like, you know, like a lot of us were and are, how desperately we need Jesus. But what about people who are, you know, pretty good people already, kind of have it going on, have it together, you know, seem to have, you know, pretty good stuff going on. And, and yet the reality is they need Jesus just as much. Luke 19, 9, Jesus says this, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. Um, and the reason that salvation came to the house for Zacchaeus was because he met Jesus. Jesus came, and that's the issue, and that's, that's what's going on. So it's, it's not about how good you are or how bad you are or who your parents are or what your ancestry is. It's all about you being in relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and so we, we have this picture now with Zacchaeus uh, of um, whether he was a pretty good guy and still needed Jesus or whether he was, you know, the, the crook that he said he was and, and he changed and found Jesus and changed and that was the, what did it. Both are valid parts of this whole story. The, the reality is, though, all of us need Jesus in our lives if we're going to have life with, with the Lord now and forever. And see, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the heart of the gospel. That's point three, the, the heart of the gospel. And, it, and he really sums it up for us, Luke does, in the 10th verse of what we just read. The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And, and all of this has been building up around these meals as he keeps inviting people that the established religious community doesn't like. He's inviting them to the table because it's a picture of his mission. He came to seek and save what was lost. And, and that's really the, you know, the heart of Christianity. That's what, what's, what it's all about. And, 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 you know, that whole process, you know, that he came to seek and save what was lost and that he made a way for us to have relationship again with God and what he would do at the cross. Is, is what we know is the good news. And there's no other news like this. And really, every, every other sort of attempt at this has it completely backwards. And, and so, you know, the, the sort of cultural thing is, is what people are told to do is, is they need to, you know, seek after the divine in some way. They're, they're in effect, um, being told to climb trees like Zacchaeus. And, and to depend on our own efforts for, for any sort of hope of making that connection. We, we go after, you know, it's our effort, it's our works, it's about being good, whatever it is um, that, that we, we strive for it in our own sort of, you know, effort and ways. Um, and, and that, you know, we, we're living in a, in, a, in a world full of, of seekers trying to figure that whole out. Um, and, and it sort of makes us all, at some level, tree climbers, if you would, maneuvering uh, somehow to get some advantage in this whole process to, to achieve some sort of perspective, to, to find some peace. And then Jesus comes. Verse 5, when he reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And see, the thing is, we're, we're just lost in our own seeking until Jesus comes to us and says, Hurry and come down. Stop, stop searching. Stop trying to save yourself. I've come to seek and save 
the lost. And so, so all, our, all our seeking, our, our trying to reach God in our own strength is, is silenced when, when, when we realize that God has reached down to us. And the, the, the amazing thing is he, he did that really by becoming one of us. He came, you know, fully God, fully man, and, and lived among us so that we could understand what he was like and that, that, that he would understand what it was like to be us. And, and yet, you know, the differences are that, that he, he lived it perfectly. He's the model for our life. He never sinned like all of us have. He, he lived it perfectly. And, and, and at just the right time, he willingly went to the cross on our behalf to, to pay for our mess. And, and, you know, at the heart of that, why we're all lost is that all of us have sinned, and our sin has is, is separated us from God. So, so God is perfect and holy, and, and once we sin, which all of us have, there's this gap that happens. And, and you know, what I was telling you, we're, we're, we're desperately trying to figure out how to bridge this in our own strength. You know, we, we, we think, oh, I'm just going to be a good person, I'm going to do good deeds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all these things, and that's what's going to get it. And, and, and yet, nothing bridges the gap from having messed up to perfect holy God. Once you're, once you're not perfect, you're not perfect. And this is the standard, is perfection. It's not good. It's not pretty good. It's not more good than bad. You, you've got an issue. And the reality is that, that Jesus came. God fixed it. God came to us. That's what makes Christianity so different from everything else. He came to us. He, he did the work. He, he came. And, and he paid the price. And then when he died... He, he paid for all that sin, and he ascended. You know, he rose again, and, and now we have a way back into relationship with God because out of the grace and the mercy of God, he chooses to see us now in the perfection of his son. For all of us who, who accept the invitation and come into life with him, God sees us in the perfection of his son. It's an amazing, amazing deal that he chooses to see us that way. He sees us now as if we'd never sinned. Because of Jesus, we've been justified. That's what that means, just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God chooses to see us. Now, we know on this side that that's, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And yet the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and help us, helps us in the process. to helps move us along on this journey. And he changes us over time. Uh, and, and it's a lifelong journey because there's a lot of work that needs to be done in all of us. I know there's a lot of work that needs to be done in me. I'm thankful for the work he's accomplished but there's a lot to go. And yet he's there to help me. And all the while I'm in relationship with him. Perfect holy God. Already in relationship with him. For eternity because of what Jesus has done. And see that's the heart of this whole thing. The heart of this whole thing is sometimes we, we get so busy trying to do it in our own strength. And, and, and you know uh, looking and looking and looking. And yet Jesus says you know what. Ah, come. I invite you to come. Be with me. Be with me forever. Come to the table. Come to the banquet. I, I want you to be with me forever. And he makes it possible by all that he's done. So, you know, that's my, my heart for you this week is that you take some time to think of that and, and think about how amazing it is that it's, it's really all about what he's done for us. Not what we have done and not what we haven't done. It's all about what he's done for us. Our only part is kind of accepting that, taking it in as a gift. And then out of that, living the life he's called us to. And that changes everything. So, you know, today, if, you, if you've never 
been at that spot where you've said yes to Jesus. Do it today. That's the best decision you will ever make. Say, Lord, he's inviting you to the table. He's inviting you into life with him forever. And really all your response needs to be is, uh, you know, God, I'm, I'm such a, I'm really a broken mess. Um, or, you know, or you could even, you know, I'm a pretty good person, God, but I, I get it. I can't make it without Jesus um, because that's the reality of life. And so, Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? And would you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. That's where it really starts this journey. And, and just, you know, it's just that simple. That's, it's no right way or wrong way to do that. Lord, I'm, I need you. Would, you. would you be my Lord and Savior? And he will. And so um, think about that this week and, and uh, how, you know, how it's neat, I think, to have a different perspective on who Zacchaeus is and what he's done and how important that is for us too. So anyway, that's good for today. If you're watching by video, thank you for doing that. If you need prayer, go to the website. We'd be happy to pray for you and uh, we will see you next time.